For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. Now, on today's episode, we have got on a very brave lady. As soon as I saw her story and saw a video of her going around on social media, I thought, I want to talk to that woman. I like her. I want to speak to her. This is the owner of Cinema & Co., which is a cinema in Swansea, Wales, in the UK. And this is Anna Redfern. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Happy to have you here. So, Anna, for people who are not familiar with you and what you do, please tell them a little bit about you. Okay. So, uh, yes, I've had Cinema & Co. for five years. Um, a student on his gap year set it up. And uh, it was only supposed to be a pop-up cinema, but it proved so successful that he wanted it to continue when he went back to university. So I met up with him to see about getting funding to keep it going, because uh, that's what I was doing at the moment, as well as being a stay-at-home mum. So, um, so yes, uh, I met up with him, and I was so inspired by the place. It was like he had made it just for me. It encapsulates all my skills and my experience and it's a real vehicle for all my ideas. So I feel very privileged um, to have that. Um, and also, I'm very much an opportunist. So, uh, so yes, I've always drifted around, uh, not really knowing what to do with myself. And, uh, yeah, um, I feel so lucky to uh, have the cinema. So, so that's the story of that. That's awesome. And... Up until this point, did you ever have any problems with it or any issues, anything like that? Or was it all smooth sailing up until this point? Well, it was going from strength to strength. Um, and so I'd finally got to a point in my business where I could leave it for 10 days and go on a call singing holiday to Morocco. And uh, that's when uh, we went into lockdown. And uh, so I came back from Morocco to uh, a lockdown UK. And uh, yeah, we, I had to close the cinema immediately. And uh, yeah, ironically, the first screening we cancelled was 1984. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, was the, what was the timeline at this point? So this was March 2020. Okay, all right. Yeah, so uh, I must admit, um, 2020 was the best year of my life you know the first for the first time I really felt present in the moment because of course running your own business you've always got uh, loads of things uh, going around in your head even when you're on holiday you're still uh, thinking of uh, what's going on and um, 
And yes, and the weather was absolutely glorious. I rediscovered Swansea, what we've got on our doorstep, the beautiful beach within uh, walking distance and uh, spending such time with my children as well. And uh, yes, it was incredible and it was really nice to have a empty brain, so, so to speak. So, um, but then of course they kept moving the goalposts. Um, uh, we were allowed to reopen uh, just before Christmas, and uh, we did that. I employed some new staff, and um, yeah, the day their first day, uh, Mark Drakeford announced that cinemas were going to have to close from uh, a, w- a week that day. So, um, so yeah, I had to give loads of refunds away um, because we'd I'd spent lots of time and energy putting money into our Christmas program, and um, yeah, it's uh, it was awful. It was uh, a really um, sad time and frustrating time as well. Um, and yeah, of course, I had to throw loads of stock away and um, it had an effect on the staff as well. Uh, so, yes, it was, uh, it was a, a tough time to go through all that effort to reopening. And mm. then after our second screening, since lockdown, we had to close again. So, so yes, yeah, cinemas have really had a, a tough time of it. And of yeah. course, the film industry suffered as well because that all ground to a halt so uh and of course people have been stuck indoors for 18 months now with nothing better to do than watch films and uh so like netflix and amazon uh you know we were kind of competing with them before we went into lockdown but um but i, I must i'm concentrating on the cinema side here um you know cinema is not just a cinema it's a it's a bar it's a live music venue uh we do a lot of private hires lots of kids parties you know they're not headache inducing like uh, the soft play uh, children's parties are um but yes we it's written into our values that to welcome uh people from all walks of life so they can access their their right to culture so mm. um so yes that's uh that's what keeps us going um until what's happened recently i suppose <laughs> are you surprised by how those values and principles such as non-discrimination and wanting to be welcoming to everybody, truly to everybody. Have you been shocked by how quickly and aggressively that has become a controversial position? I know. I can't quite believe it. I'm being accused of the very thing I'm standing up against. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's like um, ever since politics has got involved, I suppose, um, I feel like I'm being judged by other people's political beliefs when um, all I've seen are human beings. Like when I first made my stance and uh, yes, the council uh, swooped down when we weren't even open. I wasn't even there. They scared all my staff off. So it is just me. I've had to uh, recruit uh, volunteers um, instantly to try and help run, run the business. Um, And, uh, yeah, everyone swooped because um, I guess they all share the same common goal that we want our freedom of choice Mm -hmm. back. Um, But, yes, uh, and it just seems that uh, 
we have to forget the politics that divide us. You know, all I saw were other human beings being kind and supportive to me. And I, you know, I accepted that help because I was desperate. And, uh, you know, that's uh, something I've learned from my mum. So um, she announced uh, the the second time we were allowed to reopen uh, that she hadn't been completely honest with me and that she um, had uh, got breast cancer and hadn't told anyone for three years and it had grown exponentially during lockdown and uh but she was too scared to ask for help because of course lockdown was causing us all so much uh so much grief Hmm. and uh, she didn't want to burden anyone and um i guess that's a lesson i've learned from her mistake is to accept help when it's offered and to don't be afraid to ask for help either um, she's also uh, a death doula, so um, she's not scared of dying. Um, and uh, this is to quote her, actually, that um, the pharmaceutical companies have struck uh, marketing gold, tapping into everyone's fear of death. Mm. And uh, to me, that seems the only culture that the government uh, invested in, and that is one of fear. So. Absolutely. So talk us through a little bit more of the timeline. So we got up to January where you were allowed to, allowed, I hate, even using that term yeah. upsets me, where you re- reopen for a week and then there was the shutdown again. And that's when the UK went into another long period of lockdown. So when was it that the cinema reopened again? So uh, the 1st of June, which was my mum's 71st birthday as well. So at the time I was uh, living with her as a full-time carer because she's, uh, yeah, she's... uh, can only get up to eat and drink and uh, go to the toilet and stuff. And of course, you know, it's a 24 hour and trying to um, open the cinema in regards to that. But uh, prior to her announcement, I guess I was just, excited by the fact that I was allowed to reopen so Mm. um so I did you know with all this stuff with my mum going on and I must admit the uh, cinema has been a real place of solace in that regard you know I was completely able to uh, escape from from what was uh going on um but we opened and you know we were selling um one or two pallets Per film, uh, all our seats are made out of pallets. That's why. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, we were really struggling. We've just been making a loss from that point because, uh, like I touched on earlier, about what you program, uh, what films um, people are all sick of because they've been stuck indoors. Mm. So, um, so yeah, that was a, a really tough time. And then, so when you first reopened, you were. There weren't any restrictions at that point. Were you allowed to fully reopen or what were the rules in place? Because I know it's slightly different. So there's stuff overall in the UK, but I know that England, Scotland and Wales all have their own. They all have their own different rules now. Oh, my God. How can anyone keep up? It's ridiculous. So the fact that I'm a multifaceted business has made it incredibly difficult to follow the rules. But, you know, they're still presented as as guidance, but they're made out that they're rules when it's not the case at all. Like for the hospitality industry, it's 
63 pages long and the detail they go into is incredible like um if you've got a staff room and with a sofa in it swap it for two seats so they can be two meters apart <laughs> um but they're, they're bordering on insanity they really yeah. are and you know as a small business how do you have the resources to implement all these things and also another and it's so hypocritical so um they encourage you to use all disposables you have to clean five times as much as you would usually yet the environment is high up on their agenda now it's just uh <laughs> but these rules and of course the public don't re- get to read these guidance mm-hmm. but they're so bewildering and discriminatory as well so um hypocritical nonsensical loads of words come to mind but uh but uh, yeah, it's been a real struggle. So I guess I was sort of uh, quiet about uh, opening, I suppose, but always operating that freedom of choice for people. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they want to wear a mask, they can wear a mask. If they don't feel safe about coming in, then they stay at home, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just feels like the government have taken that control from us. You know, we should be making these decisions for ourselves. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, real. It, it's crazy. My life is so surreal at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Uh, throughout the entire world, every city, every country, pretty much with a handful of exceptions, people are going through just different stages of weirdness and mm-hmm. surrealism. And people have been affected by this thing in so many different ways. And I really wanted to talk to you and have you share your story here because there are also certain, you know, I mean, there are millions of individuals and there are whole industries and sectors where they haven't even been considered, right? Mm -hmm. So an independent cinema owner, right? Who's thinking about that person who's looking out for them? Live music venues. I'm I'm a musician. I haven't done a gig in two years, Mm -hmm. right? Who's looking out for, oh, like, you know, touring musicians or people who work on cruise ships or comedians, so on and so forth. Not everyone can just sit at home and be on Zoom and make their living, make their living sitting in their living room, right? That doesn't apply to everybody. And it seems like so many people have slipped through the net and just not been considered. And so many people who are in very comfortable positions, especially in politics and the media, I can't help but note, none of those people have taken a single hit to their paycheck over this entire time in any no. country. Um, and also, like you said about musicians, they really have had a tough time with it. Oh, they yeah. often supplement their talent with a job in the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the uh, hospitality industry is really suffered uh, from a staffing perspective more than anything else like uh, before lockdown I'd get uh, 60 applicants for for one job uh, where pre-lockdown I'll get four or five mm. it's just it seems like it's an employee's market in that regard as well but um, but yeah like you said with them um, um, I feel like I'm giving these people a voice so Mm -hmm. the number of private messages i get i'm getting them in their thousands from all over the world um you know saying uh that i've given them hope that um i've I've got a positive story to tell my children and um yeah it's all been very humbling and i must admit i was very overwhelmed 
in the beginning. I wasn't uh, sleeping particularly well. Um, yeah, still getting cold sores and <laughs> things like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, that reading those messages is what gives me the strength to go to go on with this stance. But I, it's just really sad that the politics of it is creating such division and turning it into a fight when it should mm-hmm. be a peaceful stand. So. Absolutely. So can you explain what your stance is? So for people who are not familiar with the story, and they, you know, I've got listeners all over the world, actually, primarily in the USA. Um, but can you explain to everybody what the stance that you've taken is? You've, you've touched on it briefly. But what is the situation in Wales and in Swansea? And what has been your stance that's got you in inverted commas, trouble with the authorities and has led to these media pieces on you and so on? Um, I guess my public refusal to implement the COVID passport scheme, because um, it's a, a total infringement of our rights. You know, I've got a right to earn a living. People have a right to access culture. But more importantly, they have a right to bodily autonomy, Mm. you know. And um, we shouldn't be coerced, incentivized um, into getting these things just because the government says. And um, so, yeah, I guess um, we're just advocates of freedom of choice Mm -hmm. you know if you want to come to the cinema then uh you want to wear a mask that's your choice if you don't feel safe then don't come Mm -hmm. it's also uh people forget that responsibilities also come with uh your rights as well so um so of course we um trust our customers to stay at home if they're not feeling very well then they're Mm -hmm. not going to come to the cinema um so so yes it's the freedom of choice that's our big uh, our big stance i suppose so essentially your stance is what everybody's stance was back in january 2020 yes exactly. at least at least according to what they claimed that that see th- this is the craziest thing about all this to me anna is that it's simply that other people have changed and some people have have not Right. So all you are doing, all you are saying, everything you're advocating for, this whole stance you're taking, this is just how you've operated the whole time that the cinema has been opening. All of these businesses, restaurants, cinemas, music venues, businesses, workplaces, whatever. This is just the simple stance that everyone, certainly in the so-called modern liberal Western world, this is what everyone used to always say that they that they stood for, you know, treat people fairly and equally, respect people's choices, respect people's right to privacy, don't discriminate, don't segregate, so on and so forth. I mean, if you were to say this back in 2019, it would even sound a little bit trite because it's so it's so obvious. And yeah. all of a sudden, all of a sudden by doing this, this this now makes you some kind of outlaw. Yeah. And you know, a, and, and a figure, which, as you're saying, you're getting messages from thousands of people around the world admiring you for, for your, your courage and your bravery. And, you know, I, I get these type of messages as well. And on one hand, I'm, I'm flattered and I'm like, thank you. But I'm also like, I'm just doing and saying what, like, <laughs> this, this has always been my position. I just yeah. haven't gotten wrapped into this whole, you know, illusion of safety at all costs even if it means throwing everything we know about equality and discrimination and general human decency and civil liberties and rights, even if it means throwing all that out the window, um, we have to make everyone, you know, make people feel safe kind of thing. And 
it's not um I don't know it's 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 such a strange time I I keep feeling like okay this is like a really long dream and I'm going to wake up at some point and be like okay no okay that was like a real far fetched like so yeah <laughs> Honestly, it really does. It really does. <laughs> we have done um, um, a strand of uh, cinema and sci-fi question mark, and uh, so we put like the Matrix uh, <laughs> on and uh, uh, Twelve Monkeys. Um, so, so yes, that's. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it is. It's incredible what's uh, what's going on. But I finally feel for the first time that there's a light at the Mm -hmm. end of the tunnel but um because you know up until this point you know i've been having the worst year of my life i'm not going to i'm not going to lie um but uh yeah for the first time it looks like we've got something to look forward to Uh, and i haven't felt like that for quite some time and i really uh believe that people have lost faith they've lost faith in their own bodies they've lost faith in nature and um yeah, and oh, sorry, I'm going off on tangents here. That's okay, it's okay. The, the government's never promoted um, health and well-being as an answer to this. Surely being generally being fit and healthy is much better for you than having to have these uh, experimental uh, jabs every uh, <laughs> every uh, two or three months. So, um, so yeah, and that, that saddens me as well. You know, I have got faith in my own immune system and um, the fact that we have to discuss this. You know, you have to wear <laughs> your vaccination status. It's like a badge. Yep. Well, if a doctor shared your medical record, he'd get struck off or he'd get fined. You know, that right, right to privacy is just being annihilated it really is mm. and what's you know, it's none of our business is it it's it's not and what's weird about it is that the only thing new is the response mm. viruses aren't new diseases aren't new people transmitting infections to each other aren't new death itself is not new vaccines no. are not new none of this stuff is new but what is new is this dare i say dare i call it a culture certainly a cult maybe even a culture yeah. that's been established around this one this one virus not even the biggest killer out there far from it no. but this one thing has created a whole industry and it's it's fragmented society and it's fragmenting societies and families and communities and even friendship yeah. groups mm-hmm. and all of this is just it's bizarre to me on on one hand as disheartening as it is i think everyone has played their hand right everyone has played mm-hmm. their hand so people have really revealed themselves over mm-hmm. the past two years right some people who we previously didn't know, you know, I didn't know Anna Redfern was a was a hero and a strongly principled warrior for liberty prior to this time. But when push comes to shove and when stuff hits the fan, you see who's a coward, you mm-hmm. see who's bold, you see who's got principles, you see who doesn't, you see who's a hypocrite, you see who is willing to just go along with whatever. And and you also see who's willing to to turn on people like that who perhaps you thought that oh i thought this person was my was was my friend or was someone yeah. and and people have just turned on each other like that so as disturbing as that is i think it's also exposed a lot of truth and i think it's also helped to in one hand it's fragmented people but i think it's also unified people from all these different 
geographical areas and sectors and、mm. all these different worlds who are just willing to go. Wait, hang on. What's going on here? Let's ask questions. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, let let's not just throw these names and labels and aggression and hostility towards everybody who is asking questions or who has a a little bit of a, a different opinion on this thing. Because all we're standing for is liberty. We're, you're you're supporting everyone's rights. We're, we're not sitting here saying, oh, everyone must do this or must do that or you should do this. It's just like no, like you. You do what makes most sense for you, and what's right for your health and your body and your circumstances. You know that better than I do. I mean, I, I can't. The notion that one person or a couple of people can dictate to a nation of sixty-five million people or a nation of three hundred thirty million people with the USA and say this is the this is the thing everybody must do, and it's equally the same for all of you. I mean, it's it's crazy. Human bodies are so complex, and. I think this is part of the reason why people who are genuinely into health—I found that a lot of people who are truly into health and exercise and nutrition and all of that—and have been for a long time—tend to be some of the people who are most likely to be a little bit questioning and skeptical and going, "Wait, hang on here. If this、yeah. is about health, then what about this? What about、yeah. that?" You have all of these questions here because they keep saying health, 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 safety, 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 and you're like, "Well, you haven't addressed some pretty big elephants in the room here." So. Why not? There's absolutely no money to be made in looking after ourselves. I know. Is there? You know. <laughs> But and also、uh, the label thing really gets me as well. So I'm I'm an anti-vaxer because I'm、um, standing up for human、mm-hmm. rights. You know,、yes. I'm pro-choice. That's all I am. If you want to have the vaccine, then that's your choice. That's all I'm advocating. You know, you're, you're not you're not trying to ban vaccinated people from your cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like that's not that's not a position, right?、No. Like this is the thing, like that's not a thing that exists, but it exists the other way around. Yeah, exactly. And you're just saying no, like everybody, everybody is welcome. Also, here's another thing that's so crazy to me is that logically and even scientifically, it makes no sense, right? If you think that. You know, like I don't care if someone someone takes this particular shot or not, or any other shot, flu shot, whatever. I I don't care, and it it makes no sense for me to care either. Because if they work and do what they're supposed to, then why would you be concerned about whether or not somebody else has it? Does it doesn't make sense? You're undermining your own position. If you're someone who's very pro-vax, the best thing you can do is get your shots and go out and live normally. Don't live in fear. Don't be acting all weird. And then、yeah. other people will be like, "Okay, cool. Like this person is confident. This conf- person is confident that it works." If you've had two shots or three shots or even four shots and you're still living like a hermit or you're terrified of this or ter- then people are looking at that like, "Well, hang on. That doesn't really." That doesn't make sense, you know. I've I've had a measles shot, right? So I'm not afraid of getting measles because like, even, even if even if someone had it, I'd be like, oh well, I'm immunized against that, so I'm okay, right?、Um, yeah. Also, it, all these systems of control are totally open to abuse as well. You know, like uh, uh, when you travel, all these tests, and if you just stop testing, we'd be none the wiser. Exactly. You know, and you have to do these tests in order to access your rights. I mean, but、uh, o- Omic- Omicron, Omicron. Oh, the、um, yeah. The new- <laughs> <laughs> as soon as people start calming down, they're just like, "All right, it's time. 
unleash the new variant, unleash the new one, give it a give it a name, boom, Omicron. Now it's it was like it was it was Delta for the past I don't know six months. Now it's like oh Omicron, and now it's like yeah. even in the UK, in the, Boris, it's like, okay, everyone put your masks back on, and you're just like this is unbelievable. And if you listen to see the video from the doctor in South Africa who discovered it, she's literally like okay, the symptoms are very mild. We haven't seen any, it, it seems to be milder. <laughs> it yeah. seems to be milder than the previous ones, you know, there's, and then in the USA and all over Europe, whatever people are reacting and responding, putting in new policies. And you're just like, this is the the greatest level of insanity I've, I've, I've ever witnessed. I have a question, Anna. Why do you think that you are, why do you think you're, you're the way you are? Because the position you're taking is unique. I don't know if there are other business owners in your area who are doing a similar thing. Um, that's one question. But question number two, what do you think it is about you that made you go, you know what, I'm going to take a stand here? Um, I think it's because it's nothing um, to do with these restrictions have ever really sat right with me. You know, I'm, I'm quite an intuitive person and um especially all the stuff that's been going on with mum you know she's uh her quality of life is awful and she wants she was also scared to get the nhs uh involved she's been to see a gp for uh 15 years um and uh yeah she was scared of being coerced into getting a treatment that she didn't want Mm -hmm. and uh yeah to see my mum who's so strong and independent and um yeah she's like um everybody's counsel i suppose people would come and sit at a, a table at jazz night and uh offload their problems and um and uh yeah because she's uh was a single mum when we first came to swansea as a she was a student um uh yes it's definitely all down to to her um you know she's instilled good principles in me and uh also being a mum myself single mum myself um i just couldn't bear for my kids to not have the same freedoms that um Mm. i've had you know and uh i guess um yeah, I'm doing it for my for my mum, and I had a message from uh, a friend of hers actually, Hillary, who lives in Texas, and uh, she uh, uh, inquired as to her health because they write every day, and um, she said in her message that she wished me well and uh, that mum's done such a good job of bringing me up and that she's so proud that I've you know I've stood up for my principles so um so yes it's uh, uh as a mum and a daughter I suppose and as a human being that's why I've uh, made this stance absolutely and I respect that why do you think it is that more parents in particular haven't done the same. I mean, that's perhaps for me, the thing that's been most disheartening to to watch is the way that children have been viewed and treated throughout this whole thing, from pulling them out of schools for a year to forcing them on masks and being in these awkward social distancing scenarios and whatever. And none of this can be justified under the basis that you're trying to keep the children safe. That's the most reprehensible part of it to me. Right. Mm-hmm. It's because adults are being cowards and are being neurotic. And so you're punishing the children, 
even with yeah. this uh, rollout that they're doing now, trying to jab up all the children. Like, thank God, from the beginning of this whole thing, one demographic that we have known is not at serious risk from this virus is children. Yeah. We know that yeah. across the entire yeah. world. Yeah. This thing has never been a major threat to children. And yeah. still, you're, you, people are doing all this stuff because adults are scared, the grown-ups are scared, and so we're going to make the kids do this and we're going to make them do that and that. And to me, that's been the most vile and reprehensible part of all of it. I'm not a parent myself yet, but I've been so disappointed by the fact that more parents haven't been willing to stand up and, you know, if they're not going to protect and defend themselves at least protect and defend your your children. Um, I think there's no greater inheritance. You, you, you uh, alluded to this earlier. I don't think there's no greater inheritance you can give to your kids, or at least this should... No, let me, let me rephrase that. I think the most basic inheritance you should give to your kids is for them to have the same rights and liberties that you did, mm-hmm. right? The notion that... Like, I'm already thinking about kids I don't even have yet. And I'm like, man, I want those kids to have at least the same level of basic right, human rights and civil liberties as I did. I don't want them to be in a situation where they can be, you know, they're, they're, they're owned by the government or they can't move around or see their friends or family without having to have medical procedures or they're not just allowed to just, just live normally and pursue a normal, happy, happy life without all types of coercion and bullying and shaming and force and oversight and surveillance. Um, To me, that's just like a basic minimum. But a lot of people don't seem to be thinking that or perhaps they think this is all very temporary. And once they give up all these rights, things will magically go back to normal. um, And their kids won't be affected by it. I don't don't know. Yeah, it's... um... Yes, I'm just so lucky that my boys aren't over 12 because then they'd be able to give their own consent to have the have the jab. Um, but again, it should be it's down. I don't to, even understand. I don't even understand how that works. I mean, well, this is the hypocrisy. It doesn't of it make sense. So I'm not allowed to go and watch my son's sports day, but you can go and watch a rugby game with 25,000 people. In a state packed stadium, <laughs> it's um, the hypocrisy is unreal, and the education guidance as well—that's mm. under the guise of guide uh, law, but it's actually guidance. And the discrimination in there is incredible as well. So, if you've been um, if you've been vaccinated and you uh, have a negative test, then you have to—you don't have to self-isolate for ten days. If you haven't been vaccinated and you get a negative test, you do have to self-isolate for 10 days. So there's even discrimination in the education uh, guidance as well. But, but yeah, I really feel for our children because it seems like there's going to be a whole generation of people, of people not willing to take risks mm. because they're too scared. You know, everything is a risk in life. Crossing the road is a risk in life. Uh, we don't know the long-term effects of mobile phones, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, these are all risks that we should be responsible for making those decisions as to whether we take them or not, mm. not the government. And that really concerns me about, um, yeah, about the future generations. Yeah, absolutely. And with the stance you've taken, because I've seen you've had quite a bit of press and media attention, 
What's been the general response, both locally and then beyond that? Um, well, overwhelmingly positive. Okay. Without about. So, like uh, on my way to school this morning, the uh, bin men—they're like, "Oh, well done!" and giving me a. <laughs> People that drive past, they're beeping. I've got people who come into the cinema and uh, say, um, I don't know if you have a faith, but my faith and I'm I'm praying for you. And um, yeah, it's been incredible, the support. But, you know, the majority of that does come privately, which does indicate the fear Mm -hmm. of people voicing their opinions in public as what's happened to me is living proof really Mm -hmm. so you know the media take control of that and uh that's i'm not sure if you've noticed i posted something about uh telling people to stop politicizing um my business and uh yeah accusing me of the very thing i'm standing up against and uh yeah to base your comments on fact and not Mm -hmm. assumption and that's the problem with social media and the uh, mainstream media as well Mm -hmm. you know they uh, put a spin on it and they um politicize my stance and it's Mm -hmm. been weaponized against me and uh yeah it's just it's insane but um but yeah, generally it's positive. It really, really is. So That's good, yeah. I think people like labels because then they don't need to think. Mm. Right? Yeah. They don't they don't they don't need to think and they don't need to get to know you. If they mm. can just throw a label on Anna, who cares you know, who cares if it's correct or not? Yeah. I have an assumption and prejudices and biases and conclusions about people who have this label, about this group. Mm-hmm. So if I can just throw that label on this person and apply it to all these people, I no longer need to actually deal and contend with the details of their arguments and the nuance of their positions. Mm-hmm. So this is something I, I mean, as doing what I do, this is something I've dealt with for, for many, many years, and I've seen it happen to other people. But it's just what it's just what they always will do any anything that they deem a negative, you know, at the moment, the popular ones, of course, are conspiracy theorist, anti-vaxxer, um far right right yeah. and they'll try to and they'll try to just stick these on people with no evidence with no carefulness with no checking to see if this is actually the person's position and it's 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 very annoying i think it's also very dangerous and it's ultimately, it's also just very dishonest. And one thing I, I really, really hate is dishonesty. I dislike yeah. it when people just, just are just being disingenuous, especially when I think it's even worse when it's the mainstream media, because, you know, unlike most people, I don't really hold them to, to some high standard because they've, no. they've disappointed me so much over the past many, many years. But it's like, yeah, but you know, if it's like one for me half the time, (laughs) yeah, you know, if it's in a random account with a random anonymous account with 30 Mm. followers, that's throwing these labels out, that was one thing. But when you're seeing supposedly reputable mainstream corporate media sources who have resources and the best they can do is just throw this label on, on everybody. I'm just like, man, this is, this is lame. I also... In a weird way, though, maybe I, I, what a lot of what I'm also seeing, though, is 
desperation on, mm. on their part, right? Because mm-hmm. the narrative is, I think they're losing control of the narrative. And so now they're having to sort of amp up and lash out in these ways, which are very obviously um, over-exaggerated. Like they're, they're very obviously disproportionate. On you know? as well. Yeah, exactly. Even when, when, when I, you know, that struck me when I saw, um, I saw a couple of media stories about, about your business. And some of them were a bit more fair and balanced and impartial. But I'm also just like, look, you're, you're trying to frame this one small independent cinema and and its independent owner you're you're, you're trying to I'm, I'm like you think you're the good guys here like you're yeah. not you're not the good guy <laughs> you know and, and when yeah and when you're seeing all the you know the authorities wanting to clown down on police and councils and whatever it's like the optics here are not good it's like when you look around europe and you're seeing these videos of you know these jackbooted jackbooted police you know in their uniforms going in and checking people's papers i'm like uh, you don't look like the good guys there. The effect this has had on on the local community because mm. you know um, we've got people who have cancelled events, and moved them elsewhere, um, like kids parties. You do so many of those, and they've been cancelled as well. And each time the council have visited, I haven't even been here. You know they've done it unlawfully and by fraudulent means. Mm. And like uh, getting that uh, letter from Mark Drakeford um, himself. He didn't sign it though, but he did can, take. Can you can you explain to people? Sorry, can you explain to people who Mark Mark Drakeford is? Yeah, so he's the first minister for Wales. Okay. Uh, so Wales has a devolved government. Um, but uh, yeah, so he um, issued a, a, note, a closure notice that he sent to Swansea Council. And uh, within half an hour of him sending it, they were there. And I had just left uh, to go and visit my mum. And, uh, yeah, the staff were just getting the tables in from outside, and uh, that's when they swooped. Um, But, yes, they've just used such bullying tactics throughout this, and this Mark Drakeford letter from the First Minister himself wasn't even signed. Mm -hmm. uh, But they took the trouble of laminating it for us, which... uh, (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Use it as a coaster. Yes, all the underhanded of it you know he's overridden a judge's uh, decision there and it's not it's not a political thing it's meant to be a civil matter so um so yeah it's uh, the forces that uh, be they're just so intimidating yes do you know what's the man there's a lot of things that are crazy about this but something that's really disgusting is that with in the midst of all of this stuff oftentimes I've noticed that people totally forget what all of these measures are supposed to be supposedly about, Mm. right? Which is protecting people from getting ill, sick, having disease, you know, hospitalization, deaths. That's supposedly what this is about, supposed to be about a virus, Mm. right? And then when you're talking about these situations like what you're going through or some similar ordeals people have had. I'm like, do you really, I'm not even, I don't even believe that for a minute that the authorities themselves believe that, okay, this action is going to reduce the spread of transmission in Swansea. It's like, really, do you, do you actually, do you, do you yourself actually believe that? I, I don't think you do. I've had situations where 
I mean, when I was in Los Angeles, I was in a gym by myself, in a gym by myself. And the the other staff, the one staff member who was there was haranguing me about wearing a mask while I'm training. I'm the only person in the gym, a big gym too. I'm the only person, I'm, I'm there far away from him. And he's, he's walking over there, you know, arguing with me about that I need to I need to put a mask on while while I'm exercising. And I'm and I've I've had lots of scenarios like this. I'm not going to go into all of them, but it's like you don't even you don't believe this is about a virus or stopping like what you're doing and what you're saying it doesn't even it doesn't even make sense, right? If that yeah. were the goal, it's just this it's just this authoritarianism yeah. and desire for people to flex power that they have. They're just like what they're mad at is that you are not obeying right that that's the anger it's not that yeah, oh that's, it. It, it, no. that's that's all it is it's not that oh this I'm woman is yeah. yeah it's not that oh there's you know all everyone who's going to her cinema is getting sick or she's not meeting certain hygiene standards or that, that that's not what it is it's just that we don't like the fact that we told her what to do and she's defying it yeah. so we're going to pull out our jack boots and we're going to just go hard on and crack down. It's just about punishment. It's the same even with even with these passports themselves, so-called passports. Um, it's it's just about punishing people. It's just like, well, look, we just want to punish people who are not in line with the party narrative. It's yeah. not about, again, even scientifically and logically, we know with these shots, you can still get infected. You can still transmit. Got millions of cases of that. So it's not even, you can't even make the argument that that's about stopping transmission, right? If it were that, it would, if you wanted to go that far, you'd have to say, okay, you, you have to have a negative test within X amount of time to come in here. That, that would be the logical thing. I don't support that, but that would be the thing you'd have to do. It wouldn't just be VAC status. That's just simply to punish people who don't get in line. Yeah, yeah it's totally illogical. And I really think I've been targeted by the government and the council mm-hmm. so to try and make an example of me to scare yes. other people into compl- into a uh, non-comply uh, to complying so um so yeah that that's definitely what it's all about they're trying to uh, catch me on something that's really <laughs> does not deserve to close down a business and prevent me from earning my right to mm-hmm. provide for my family and also the community as well yes. you know they lose out we got a full program of christmas uh, films so they're expecting um them to not go because they're gonna catch something that doesn't it, they can't and, exist so. and and this is and this is after shutting you down for a year yeah. This is after this is yeah. after shutting you down for a year and you missing out for that entire period of doing just earning your your livelihood. You're you're a mother, you have children, you're a business owner, you just wanna work. You're not trying to bother anyone, not trying to harm no. anyone. It's like look, I just want to do my job, I just wanna work, leave me alone. And yeah. it's so frustrating because again, so many of the people who have been championing all of these draconian policies and measures, they have profited from it. All yeah. these pundits on the media, all these TV people who are there saying, oh, do this, do this, do this, do this. It's like, you're all getting paid. You're all been getting paid throughout this whole thing. You have not missed a day. No. All of these politicians, you've been getting paid. In fact, you, you gave yourself raises, right? And then you're sitting there in this ivory tower, tower calling everybody else selfish, t- calling everyone else all these names and whatever. And 
Man, I don't know. I don't think evil can go unpunished, though. And I, I think what they've done is evil. So <laughs> it does feel like that, though, doesn't it? It, it does. does feel like good versus evil. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I definitely, I've got the strength and the the hope and the faith to um, keep fighting this. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. It's awful that it's had to turn into a fight, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm willing to do because I can't put up with this hypocrisy and uh, infringement of our human rights for much longer. It's, uh, yes, it's beyond. It's, it's <laughs> It really, really is. It is. You mentioned earlier, though, that you see a light at the end of the tunnel. So what is it that you see there? Um, that good conquers evil, I suppose. That's the, uh, that's the, the crux of it, really. But uh, just being getting that control back, giving the power back to the people. You know, our government is supposed to work for, for us. We're supposed to be controlling them. Even though I don't like that word, but they're mm-hmm. supposed to be doing what we tell them to do, not the other way around. So, um, so yes, uh, some form of uh, normality where we have our freedom to choose and make decisions for ourselves again rather than being told what by the government um, what to do so so yes that's that's the light at the end of the tunnel that our children will get their freedoms back which you know they're totally innocent in all of this and uh yeah good good will win absolutely anna where is the best place for people to find and follow you online Oh, um, Instagram, I suppose, or Twitter, or Facebook. Okay, what's the handle? It's uh, Cinema Coast Swansea on Cinema uh, Coast Swansea. Instagram and Facebook, yes. Awesome, I will put that in the description. Anna, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been great talking to you. Massive respect and keep oh, fighting. Likewise. Take care. Bye. Bye. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.